Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Welcome to Money MD, the podcast that's going to give you great prescriptions for your financial health. I'm John Travis. I'm here with Matthew Travis. Welcome. How's it going? Yeah, very good. Good yeah. week. Uh, did you have a good fourth? Great fourth. Yeah, it's a good good fourth of July. Did you watch any fireworks? I think I, you did. I did. I did. You know, interesting. I, I was watching a, a dog and heard some rumors that dogs don't like fireworks, but have never personally experienced a dog who does not like fireworks. That was an interesting experience. Yeah, he ended yeah. up sleeping like he had to be touching me. Yes, right. The whole time because he's just nervous. He's a nervous dog. Yeah. What about you guys? What yeah, did you guys do? Well, we were up in New York, as as you know, because <laughs> you were watching our dog. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Boomer. So uh, well, up at a wedding up there, and it was it was fabulous. We um we got to watch uh, fireworks from from a house, and we were right on a kind of a bay area and saw a lot of different displays. And um, beautiful weather. We went uh, cherry picking which I've never done before. So wow. uh, cool weather, 70s, low 70s. So a lot different than down south. Very different. Was it humid? I'm curious. Uh, not really. Not really. But we stepped off the plane in Atlanta coming back, and uh, you could just feel Started the heat. Sweating, yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, anyway, happy 4th, uh, everyone. Hope hope we all had safe uh, yep. safe 4th of Julys. And we do have a great show uh, lined up today. Um, we're going to start off talking a little bit about summer jobs for kids. Yeah, and you know what's really interesting is I know we're almost through the summer, um, but you know if you have kids, I'm sure you can relate that a month is still a, a long time to be around um, and just spend a lot of time with your kids. So how can we use that time productively uh, for your kids is a really good uh, thing to understand. Yeah, and then we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit and talk about inflation in uh, in our industry. It's known as the the silent killer uh, because if you have a fixed income and have no inflation adjustments. When there is inflation, it really starts to eat into the purchasing power. And just to put it in perspective, a 3% inflation rate, which historically is low, uh, means that prices will double uh, every roughly 23, 24 years. Mm-hmm. So uh, when you do retirement planning, you got to put some inflation in there. We'll, we'll right. talk about some examples as we go through that. Um, but um, my name is John Travis. I'm going to give you a little intro here. Um, I am a Dave Ramsey certified counselor. I have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals with planning for over 28 years. And my name is Matthew Travis. I'm a certified financial planner with over 36 months. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's good. <laughs> Bigger number than yours, right? That's, o- that's over a hundred, uh, thousand days. Is over a thousand, yeah, it's probably, have, you yeah. done, have you done the hours on that? <laughs> no, but I'm also a financial advisor here at the firm. Yeah, that's right. Three years. It's gone by fast. Oh, yeah, It really great. has. So yeah, we do We do have a great, uh, great show lined up. We also have a really good website. Uh, if you've never been out there, moneymd.net. Uh, we have a podcast out there to go check out. We've been doing this for a very long time now, and it's kind of fun to go back and listen to some of the historical podcasts. Um, done in the fourth quarter of 2018 would be a good time. That's when there was a, a bear market, and uh, obviously during the pandemic as well, um, to kind of see the, the discussions and kind of what we were saying to do and not to do. Uh, Facebook page as well, Money MD. I think you're doing the Facebook uh uh, post this week. The RX. Yeah, right. prescription of the week. So go check that out. And if you want to give us a call at uh, the office here, the number is 706-739-0725. So we're going to start off here with the financial fact of the week. And Matthew, I did some uh, research on this, and there were about $100 million spent on hot dogs oh alone on the 4th. And I think uh, Joey Chestnut did most of those. 
Oh, just, goodness. Did he? Yeah, hot dog eating contest. Okay. He won for the 14th straight year. This guy ate 76 hot dogs and buns in 10 minutes. How how big is this guy? He's six feet and he's two thirty, so he's, he's he's not ginormous, wow. but that's a that's a pretty big guy. Do you but train for this? Is this I, something you? I don't know. I don't. I, okay. He's got to have a secret. He's yeah. won it fourteen straight years, and the one thing they don't say is how much he spent on antacid tablets. After oh, that. after <laughs> can you right. imagine 70, 76 really hot tons. dogs? I don't think I eat seventy six hot dogs. Certainly not even in a year. Maybe in a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. He did it Goodness. in ten minutes. That's very impressive. So. Uh, wow. Goodness, uh, the, he, and that's, hap- that's been happening for a long time now. Yeah, so, that's your financial fact of the week. That's a financial <laughs> fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't don't eat too many hot dogs. They're that's not right. real healthy for you. So, <laughs> but uh, we have some uh, a good topic here talking about um, summertime employment, and uh, we are, you know, into summer. We still got a couple of weeks uh, left, and uh, you know, before kids start going back to school. But these are four ways to keep kids busy. Uh, during the summer. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, summer again, this is a perfect time to teach uh, kids how to earn, how to save, how to spend money wisely. So we're going to go through four age appropriate ideas uh, that really are a win-win for for both the kids and for the parents. Um, So keeping these kids active and out of trouble uh, during the summer can be a challenge. As I'm sure many of you know, parenting um, is really a balance between keeping kids occupied and making sure they enjoy their, their summer break. On top of that, each age group uh, does come with their own set of challenges, just unique things are going through in life and different uh, life situations. So the, as, as you know, we're going through summer, here's some uh, four quick ways you can keep your kids busy this summer. Yeah, for younger kids, uh, you know, the old lemonade stand. Um, I don't think we did that. We So, Matthew, we grew up out in the country, so that really wasn't an yeah, option. Yeah. But if you're in a neighborhood, you know, setting up a lemonade stand, this uh, person that wrote this article from Kiplinger said he had a four-year-old daughter, and, you know, he did a lemonade stand, and uh, the money earned was then applied to uh, some other camps that she was going to. Uh, lemonade stands are always fun for kids. Uh, we give them a chance to uh, get some money in their pockets and piggy banks. And uh, other ideas for younger kids include like maybe bracelet sales, uh, maybe collecting shells at the beach and then painting them. Um, and you can also consider an allowance uh, for household chores or maybe cleaning, you know, the attic or the garage or something. So um, this can turn, you know, into a, a garage sale where the cur- kids can earn additional money. And it's never too early to start that work ethic. And uh, then you can start teaching some lessons on savings. And so here's a here's a money tip, which is pretty cool. Um, you know, have the kids um, put their hard-earned money in a clear mason jar so they can track the progress. And once they've earned enough to, to put towards, you know, some type of uh, camp or maybe they're saving up for something, count up the coins and the bills and uh, explain to them the difference. Um, start talking to them about money and how it's, uh, you know, worthwhile to save. Yeah. And then you can actually go to the bank together and um, put it into an account. So there are ways that you can open accounts for uh, minors. It's called a custodial account. But, you know, lemonade stands starting at even at four, five, six years old um, is recommended. Yeah, and it really just institutes that, hey, you know, working for money, you get to spend it. You get to enjoy it. You get to, to save it. So this is, this is, yeah, it's a really simple concept, but can be very powerful. It can be formative uh, yes. for these young, young kids. Uh, for the tweens, uh, you know, in between that kid and teenager age, um, you know, as I see just many times people around me, keeping your children active while staying uh, sane can uh, during summer break is borderline impossible. It's just very challenging to have all that time with kids not having anything to do. One way to keep this age group busy while earning a little bit of money is for them to help families 
um, as a mother's helper, father's helper, um, you know, around the house. So this is a great learning experience for kids who are not quite ready to babysit on their own, but they can keep their brothers and sisters entertained so that you, mom or dad, can take care of things around the house. So it's really just watching them, entertaining them uh, while you're in the house with them. Other odd jobs for tweens can include dog walking, mowing lawns, and car washes. Uh, a tip on this age group <clears throat> to encourage saving uh, savings, you can open a joint bank account with them, uh, which would also have you as on the account holder as two names, both your child and you. And you can offer to match their savings. I mean, 50% is a big number, but you know, hey, if they put in $10 and you put in $5, it's really showing that, hey, you know, this is a good thing to, to do. And it's, it's not a huge financial commitment for you either. And then maybe when they reach, just say, $200 in that account, you could take a hundred of that and peel it off and put it into an investment account. And you could teach them, hey, this is what compound interest does at a very small scale, but it gets them interested yeah. nonetheless in savings long term. Yeah, we actually did that with you and Danielle. We um, we did a matching of 50%. And it was fine when you put in $10, but when you put in $100 from <laughs> started, birthday. Started getting. Yeah, it started getting a little pricey. So we started to scale that back a little limits bit. on that, that's for sure. Yeah, but we did open a custodial account and, and uh, put that. money in there. And it was a way to... Um, to grow the money over time and also to teach you as well. Yep. So that's a great idea. Another one for teens is uh, just summer jobs. In, in certain states, um, teenagers as young as 14 are eligible to work several hours a week. So, um, you know, if you live in a, in a beach or a pool community, uh, lifeguarding can be uh, an option. And uh, you get certifications and, and pass certain tests. Uh, it's a great way to learn responsibility, gain financial independence um, as an added bonus gets the kids out of the house, right, and keeps them active, which is important. So uh, other jobs obviously would include mowing mowing yards, uh, babysitting, maybe working at a local grocery store, restaurant, country club, or, or even ice cream parlor. I used to work at uh, Piggly Wiggly growing up. The pig? <laughs> the pig. Oh, man. Yeah, a long time ago, a long time ago. So here's a cool thing. A, mo- a good money tip here is is once you have some earned income, you're getting that W-2 from a grocery store, you can actually open up a Roth IRA in their name. So if they're under 18, um, then it would be a, called a custodial Roth. So your name as a parent would actually be on there. Uh, but it's a great way to have them understand the concept of saving for retirement, uh, especially because this growth is going to be tax-free. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's never too early to start that. You can certainly open up a bank account for them and, and have them set up um, you know, direct deposits as well, potentially into this Roth IRA. So, you know, the other option or opportunity here is is to, when they do have a bank account, is to review uh, what they're spending on on a monthly basis and encourage some budgeting. So, so really, it, it boils down to some, this is a great opportunity to, uh, to teach um, some financial lessons, Roth IRAs, mutual funds, budgeting, and so forth as they get into their teen years. Yeah, that's good. And this last um, category is really for all for all the kids um, from from elementary school to high school um, that are that are home for summer. Um, trying to get your kids involved in their communities by giving back. This may be delivering meals with you, or if they're able to drive by themselves, or running errands for the elderly, or volunteering at a food bank, or fundraising for your place of worship. Encouraging you know your kids to um, to to get involved in their community can have lasting impacts, not only in those they serve, but also in your kids. You know, just a very practical example of this is, um, you know, thinking about depression, you know, to be quite frank, um, 
can be rampant in these these age groups and mm-hmm. you know often what what we see in depression is people are are focusing on themselves and if they're able to take the lens off of themselves and focus on others and actually serve other people it can lift that weight off of them and 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 you can try this and just see the joy that comes from serving other people so that's kind of a, a category for for all for all the yeah. the, the kids is just serving people and and really in, instituting that hey it's good to help people it's good to give back um, this can be really beneficial for your community, but specifically for your kids long term. Yeah, teaching young kids ten uh, percent giving, um, and then fifteen percent saving, and the other seventy five percent can be used for for living. So right. it can be that simple. Um, and unfortunately, most adults don't do that. But uh, you know, starting young is is great. So that's yeah. a great topic, Matthew. Thanks yeah. for uh, pulling that out. Uh, and so we're going to switch here to the question of the week. And uh, this question, I was starting to see and hear. Uh, kind of bubbling up about markets. Uh, markets have done well this year, and they did well last year. And so uh, this question is, is I heard the markets are supposed to go down at the end of the year due to inflation. What are your thoughts? And, um, well, first of all, never make decisions based on headlines. Yeah. Right? I mean, that is just uh, no one knows uh, what the market's going to do. The facts are um, about once a year, the markets go down by about 10%. That's known as a correction. So when the markets do go down, it's it's not unusual. It happens pretty frequently, and uh, they usually recover within a couple of months. So don't try to time the markets, whether the markets go down due to inflation or some type of uh, economic or political event. Uh, markets have gone up historically over time, and uh, that's why we invest. The uh, stat of the markets are down 25% of the time, right. and they're up 75% is the reason why people stay invested in the markets and do well historically. Yeah, just one note on that. You know, when we say the markets, you know, that term is really what we're referring to as a broad diversified portfolio. It's not saying the markets are one company because certainly one company could go to zero. That's why we say, hey, don't don't be so isolated in even one industry or one country. We want to be diversified in different sectors, different industries, different countries around the world. That is the market that we're talking about here. Yeah, very good. Alrighty, so we're going to switch to the uh, next topic, and that is inflation is the silent killer. And retirees are starting to feel that sting a little bit. Uh, inflation is starting to rise. And as a gentleman, they, they reference uh, Kevin um, Linhan up in Massachusetts. And uh, he left his career in the Postal Service very early, back at the age of 44. He's now 68. And he said that you know, he had basically had a, uh, a heart attack. So he's taken a reduced disability retirement income. He said financially, it wasn't the best thing to do. But at the time, it seemed like his life obviously was more important than his job. So it's been tough, he says, to survive on the skimpy income. Um, But he has found some uh, housing through the Veteran Affairs for less than $500 a month. So he he says the rent is stable, um, but he's starting to feel some of the inflation that I think we we are all feeling as we're out there spending. Yeah, and this gentleman um, has just reported, I'm sure, you know, again, most of us can feel, but over the last several months, the spike in prices for necessities like food and gasoline, um, you know, we've seen those go up. Uh, Higher costs for grocery staples like bread and milk. Uh, there's also been steady hikes in, um, yeah, I mean, just travel expenses in general. The travel industry is as, you know, more people are, are going, moving, uh, there's more of a demand, there could be less supply. So we are seeing prices go up pretty dramatically. And you're seeing that specifically if you're traveling, just because that industry was so far down 
during the pandemic and it's just roared back. Recently. Yeah, absolutely. And and the rising food costs uh, have been troubling for him because he's on a fixed income and he's also on some governmental um, food assistant programs. So uh, he apparently in 2020, there were some, um, some food programs that got some boost and he's mm. not sure how long those benefits are going to last. So he's kind of struggling out there. And, and we, we see that across uh, really a lot of industries The May consumer price index which measures the cost of food and housing, gasoline, utilities, and some other goods, it jumped by 5% from the previous year, and that's according to the uh, Labor Department. And um, we, we've definitely seen food prices increase uh, a little bit over 2%. Uh, gasoline has swelled by 56 percent. I mean, that obviously during the pandemic when, when, you know, the supply was out there, but there was no demand, prices just plummeted. So it's not surprising that gasoline has increased, but you know, we're starting to approach, um, you know, $3 in, in some cities uh, around the nation and around here, I think it's about 280. Um, so the, the federal reserve officials have said these price increases are transitory and, you know, retirees like, uh, Linhan still worry about prices creeping up. So, uh, you know, inflation is is real. Um, markets historically, when the inflation is is below four percent, have done relatively well historically. So, well, we don't know how high inflation is going to go long term, but it's it's certainly something to consider. Yeah, uh, Americans' expectations um, for the f- for the year ahead um, grew to four percent in May. Um, just the broad expectations, a seventh consecutive month increase, according to a report uh, by the Federal Reserve. Uh, bank in New York, uh, and this is a quote, inflation is the silent killer. It can erode purchasing power uh, to the point where someone wakes up and can't live the lifestyle uh, they once did because they can't afford it. So that's really the the burden that inflation puts is saying, okay, hey, you know, this is getting more expensive, but we're on a fixed income. Yeah, I've seen uh, in, uh, retirees out of the Savannah River site. They have a great benefit. They have pensions, um, but there is no cost of living adjustment. Yeah. So folks that retired back in the 90s, with a great pension, thirty thousand dollars today, it really feels like more like fifteen thousand. So right. they they have not kept up with inflation. That's difficult, and you know, um, you know, not all retirees are feeling that. Some of them um, have, uh, you know, uh, inflation adjustment uh, work. You know, if you have Social Security, then you also have some inflation adjustments as well. Um, and they go through an example of a couple um, moving out to uh, Seattle, and they said they're not really. Um, uh, don't have any issues associated with it, but Matthew, the cost of living adjustments um, that uh, we're seeing potentially in Social Security are pretty high. Uh, no, that's this is just an estimate; it's not not finalized. Certainly. Sure, yeah, and I think it was last year was one point six percent was for for twenty nineteen or twenty twenty was so it was around that 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 uh, level. And so at the end of this, you know, we'll we'll tell you what specifically it is. But um, you know, the fixed income, like like you were saying, is can be really challenging. Um, but yeah, so they're saying it could be as high as 5.3% um, for, for, you know, this for 2022, the cost of living adjustment. So while that sounds great uh, for those on Social Security, it is, it just puts a more emphasis on saying, hey, if you're on that fixed income, specifically if you have a pension without a cost of living adjustment, um, you know, what do you do? And we'll talk about some, some things you can do, how you can combat inflation in a minute. But um, that that is really going to be the crux is saying if you have a pension, no cost of living, what do you do with that? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. And that if it is over 5%, that would be the biggest boost since 2009. And, um, you know, people on the the fixed income, that would be a big deal uh, to help them out. So, you know, this year people will be seeing prices go up and uh, benefits will not be rising immediately to compensate. I think it was, yeah, it was in the percent and a half for uh, 20 um, 21. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, the, you know, inflation has been historically low. Um, but, you know, if you have retirement accounts out there, um, you know, you have some options here. But here's an interesting stat the three legged stool of retirement income, which includes pension, retirement accounts, and Social Security, has become less common among retirees. Mm-hmm. And only about 7% of Americans receive income from all three sources. So, that's a very small number. So, you know, obviously people are going to have Social Security and maybe some retirement accounts. The pension is kind of the piece it's, it's that, the part that's that totally. yeah, people don't, a lot of people don't have. But uh, Matthew, there are ways to combat inflation. And this is a really the, the key, a key takeaway in, in this whole discussion about inflation. I'll let you hit that. Yeah. So while, you know, just some retirees feel, may feel anxious about surging prices, there are ways to minimize the effects. For example, um, you're again, like that three-legged stool, you can't do anything about your pension. You can't do anything about social security, but the investments, you can review your portfolio with the possibility of shifting a percentage to more aggressive assets. What this means is, is basically it's shifting from uh, bonds or fixed income into the equity uh, sector of the portfolio. Um, And you may say, well, that would have been great if it was 20 or 30 years ago. But the reality is that you know, if you're 60 years old, you have a life expectancy of 25 to 30 years, and then your heirs' life expectancy after you who inherit the money have a life expectancy, you know, 60 years. So this is really not just planning for you. This is looking generationally. How can we make this money last? How can we combat inflation? So increasing the equity exposure reduces the risk of inflation. The way you can get real burned is by having very little to no equity exposure because then essentially if it's in cash or if it's in fixed income, um, you're not outpacing inflation. And so you're actually losing the value of money every year. So that is where it can be really dangerous. But if you have that equity exposure in your portfolio, it can really help to boost your overall income year to year. Yeah, we like to remind clients that they can't really get too conservative in their asset allocation too soon because they they need stocks to help fight inflation. I mean, stocks historically have beaten inflation. And, uh, you know, the other piece of this, Matthew, is, you know, from a planning standpoint, when we do planning, we include inflation adjustments in there anywhere from two to three percent. And uh, that makes a big difference. Like if you start off with an income of you know, seventy thousand um, dollars. You know, when you retire and you look, you know, thirty years later, that seventy could have increased to one hundred and forty. It could right. double. And the only way to get that ability to fight inflation is to have equities. That's what it, right. that's what it's we've seen historically. So when you do your retirement planning, make sure that you're including inflation adjustments in there because it is good. a it is a big big deal. So that's um, that's very important. Another way to fight inflation is is maybe to reduce. You know, your expenses, inflation um, can certainly be distressing for retirees without a nest egg. Uh, but there are some creative ways to offset the effects. Um, you know, this is a big one, but maybe relocating um, or exploring, you know, different living situation with family or friends. Um, you know, those looking to downsize to buy elsewhere may prefer to wait, depending on what the market looks like. Um, you know, the influx of transplants and the limited number of properties have caused a 10 to 20 percent spike for housing in the Florida area, for example. So, and I think that's probably 
pretty much everywhere. everywhere. I, yeah. know, I know around this area, it's it the is. same way. Yep. So definitely a, uh, a uh, seller's market. So, you know, not everyone has the resources or the desire to move away from family, but, you know, certainly downsizing is a reasonable um, idea. You can reduce your, your cost. You, you know, hopefully you don't have a mortgage. If you do, you could reduce that as well. So inflation in our industry is known as a silent killer. It's because it erodes purchasing power. I saw a um, letter to the editor. It's been a couple of years ago in, uh, in the Aiken Standard, and it was from a retiree from DuPont. And you probably don't know the history on that, but no. DuPont ended their contract, I believe it was in 1991. And so that, that individual was just talking about, hey, we haven't had a an inflation adjustment in, in at that time, probably 25 years. Wow. And so that was the example I was referencing. The 30,000 really feels like 15,000 wow. to them. So it makes a big difference over time. So, you know, the takeaway is, is again, when you're doing planning, um, make sure you have that inflation built in. Um, and, um, you know, the projections right now that inflation is certainly going to increase and we're seeing that, uh, we don't know how high it's going to go. Most people don't think it's going to be anything like the, uh, the eighties at this point. So, um, and also, you know, we see the, the headlines as well from, uh, inflation and what the stock markets do. And we just did a segment on that a couple of weeks ago and typically under 4%, the markets do relatively well. So, so, um, that's the end of that article and we're going to switch here to the prescription of the week. Yeah, this is an interesting, um, you know, we talk about this in most of our meetings, I think, with, with most of our clients and, and people we meet with. But uh, it's talking about liability coverage, uh, making sure you have an umbrella policy, a, a personal limited uh, umbrella policy, um, you know, is very good. And it's especially good if you have a more complicated situation, such as, um, you know, your own businesses, you have a pool, you own uh, multiple houses. This is, this is going to protect your assets and your income. Teen drivers. Teen drivers. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I mean, just any, any liability that someone could potentially sue you. A million dollars is typically a good coverage. Um, as we see that, it, uh, you know, only about 13% of personal injury liability awards are over a million dollars. So, you know, uh, you know, a million dollars, good coverage relatively inexpensive two to three hundred dollars typically to add this to your homeowner's policy you don't think about it until you need it and then if you have it it typically is very good coverage so yeah that's something we would recommend if you if you are unsure if you should get that reach out to to us and we'd be happy to help yeah or you can certainly talk to your um insurance person as well and the way that insurance works is they will require you to had the maximum coverage on your vehicle and, and your house. So you typically 300,000. So this goes on top of that and just gives you, like Matthew said, an extra level of uh, protection. And it's surprising uh, the number of people who don't have this, right? as we've talked to folks. So this is an area that you uh, definitely want to take a look at and um, make sure you have that coverage. It's pretty inexpensive and it's something that can uh, can give your you and your family some additional financial security. So very good prescription of the week. And go check out Facebook because Matthew's going to be uh, putting that out there at uh, MoneyMD. And uh, so this is the uh, the close of the show for MoneyMD. Tune in next week for more prescriptions for your financial health. Go visit our website, MoneyMD.net. Uh, you can also give us a call here in the office at 706-739-0725. Hope you have a great day and a great weekend. Take care. This program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. This broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. SmartVestor Pro is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor.